Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Elizabeth Reese. I'm Marjorie Punnett, and this is Best to the Nest, the podcast that is all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. Marjorie, today we are talking about building an empire and why (laughs) what we think we want might not be what we want at all. And this all happened when I was scrolling Instagram, as I do. You know, I do. I scroll the gram (laughs) on the regular. And I was stopped in my tracks by this post by a woman in L.A., and I can't stop thinking about it. I sent it to you, and I don't think you can stop thinking about it either. Well, I – you know, this is – this post is so meant for anybody 25 to 40. Okay. And it speaks about all of the things and all of the issues that preoccupied most of my professional life. Yeah. So let's read it and then we can talk about it. So this is coming from a woman named Jamie Varon. Jamie Varon is someone who I somehow stumbled upon and started following on Instagram. And she posted this a few days ago. And since that, I've seen it pop up on a bunch of other women that I know on their Instagram stories. So I know I'm not the only person that it's resonating with. And just to fill you in on Jamie Varon, she is a writer – She describes herself as an artist, designer, and writer in L.A. Uh, She says, self-trust, joy, and encouraging chats, not here for hustle culture. And then she says, get my Friday letters. And she sends out a little newsletter every Friday where she talks about her just kind of journey through life. So here's what she had to say that really struck me. And this, this first line is so good. How about you don't have to build an empire or dominate an industry? or be the number one at anything? What if you simply built a lovely life that makes you feel happy, that brings you joy, that is generative and supportive? What if you healed the parts of you that need more and more and more? What if you redefined what success looks like and feels like to you? What if you decided enough is enough? What if you felt satisfied in the right here, the right now? What if you realized your life is likely a lot closer to your ideal than you ever thought? What if changing the filter in which you view your life makes everything that much more vibrant? How much open, empty space would be left for your joy if you stopped thinking you needed to earn it? How much time could you spend in the actual living of your life if you let go of striving for more? How much more beautiful would this moment right here become for you? (laughs) I mean, full out... Yeah. Game changer right What's there. What's it for you? Tell me why it's a game changer for you. Because what, what will you change now that you've read that? There has been so much pressure on so many of us. I think especially with like even YouTube culture and this idea, even from when I was young, I remember like being in the 90s and seeing 
like Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera and Jessica Simpson, these like superstars who were my age and thinking, if I haven't achieved extraordinary success by this time in my life, I'm way too late, number one. And number two, always feeling that pressure that you have to be the best, that you have to make something huge, that you have to do something incredible. And reading that was such validation that I don't, no, I don't, I don't need to do that. And, and this post speaks to a certain kind of person. Yes. It does not speak to everybody. No. A kind of person who irritates themselves. That's me. Yes. It's, and, and, and is unhealthy. And I would put myself in that category. So this is why I wanted to send this to you. (laughs) Yes. I am unhealthy. But I mean, here is, here is the thing. We've talked about it before. And I say this, trust me as I say this, everybody, I am not bragging. I think this is silly what I'm about to say. So I was number one in my class, my sophomore year and my junior year. My senior year, I would have died before I would have let anybody else be valedictorian. Oh, boy. That's how competitive I was Mm -hmm. and how important to me it was to be number one. And in my high school, they actually put that on your report card. You got your class rank. Yikes. Oh, yeah. Somebody was at the bottom. Yeah. Boy, they probably felt either really bad or a lot of freedom. (laughs) Yeah. But I will tell you that this post speaks to that idea of being number one. And when I say this, know that I know as a mature, healthier person, that rank means nothing. Mm -hmm. It means nothing. It means I worked hard. I learned a lot. I'm grateful for my rigorous training as a young teenager. I am glad that I studied hard, but I wish I had studied hard for many other reasons. And I wish I had studied some other things. I put myself on a rigorous track because I was very hard on myself. Yeah. My sister was valedictorian. My sister before that was number three in her class. My sister before that was in the top 20. I come from a competitive family. This did not bring joy. And it was through meeting my husband who looked at me and kind of said, you're a freak. <laughs> Look. Because if you think about it, Elizabeth, and I, I only tell this story because it is all of our overachieving lives in a high school microcosm. Mm-hmm. So I don't say it to brag. I say it to when I look back on that, even as a point of pride, and I'm not trying to take away anybody from anybody who's doing really well in their life. I'm thrilled for you. But it's a microcosm of there were thousands of people who were number one in their class. Yeah. That doesn't define you. That doesn't, that, that struggle doesn't define you. What defines your life is exactly what this woman is talking about. What should your life look like for you? What's going to make you happy? What's going to be good for your children to see? And it's not going to be that, and I say this with love in my heart, Elizabeth, it's not going to be that their mother's on television five yeah, days a week. You're right. Yeah. I don't it's even like them to gonna, know that. Yeah, it's not that their father or their mother makes six figures. It is not. None of that is going to matter to them. Now, from the practical side, of course, we all want to make a living. We all want to be successful enough that we can have things that do define joy, which sometimes are material. Right. But I am here to tell you, the minute I freed myself from my own, and I could blame it on my family and say they imposed these things on me, that they were, but that would be a cop-out. 
I was imposing that on myself. It was my own internal dialogue. I mean, it was so bad, Elizabeth, that when my sister became valedictorian, that was no longer enough. And I became a page. I just did something else. And when I was able to let go at 17, well, really wasn't until I met my husband at 19 and said, I get to be whatever I want to be. Yeah. And I get to be free. Now, to say that is not to say that my ego doesn't rear its head constantly at, <laughs> you should have done more. You could have done this. You should have done this. You, you, you haven't lived up to your potential. All of those voices are always there. So that I think I too, though, is a control thing too, Marjorie. I mean, don't you think that there, oh God, yes. I mean, there were things that in your life that were out of control. And so you were trying to control something and that's what Absolutely. it was. I Absolutely. Mean, and that is, but that is at the core of a lot of people's drive is control. And I don't think that you can find fulfillment in something that you are going after in order to numb the feelings of being out of control in other areas of your nope. life. I just nope. don't think that you can. And this post I think is so helpful because especially in this comparison culture that we're in where we're always looking to somebody else, you know, I mean keeping up with the Joneses has gotten like times a billion since the well, 50s. It's just And it goes back to our Kardashian conversation. Yeah, it does. We're trying to keep up with people that we have no business trying to keep up with. Right, right. And it's just never going to be fulfilling for you no. because what's going to happen is is if you get to the top, okay, and you look around your little group of whatever that you're trying to be at the top of, you're going to get to the top and then you're going to see that other people are at that same level and you're just going to keep trying to climb and climb and climb. And you'll realize that that is never the path to true happiness or joy or fulfillment. You know, there's a reason why all these studies have said that people are happy in the United States if they if they make $75,000 a year. Once yeah, you get, once you get a, above that, there's no significant increase in happiness. That $75,000, because $75,000 is where you can live a relatively comfortable life. You can have all of your basic needs met and you can do some things, right? I mean, everybody knows it's, it's challenging to be very, very poor. So that's a whole, that's a whole different deal. That's a whole different deal. But once you hit that certain point where you have your basic needs met, more does not make you happier. It's like the thing about a chocolate cake, like a piece of chocolate cake makes you feel great. (laughs) A whole cake is probably not going to make you feel that great. Well, here's how, when you read that to me, these are the things I think of, is everybody's story is different and what defines your happiness is different. And so quite honestly, Elizabeth, for somebody, they might say, I, as a woman, I want to be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Yeah. That's what I want and I am sure of it and that's what I'm going to go for. And I don't have any problem with that. If that is, but what I think this post says to me is that you have to think about with intention. And and really, I mean, this is, I believe, this is like a therapy question. Like, go to therapy yeah. and sort through what really is my path. Is it, do I really want to be a lawyer? Or am I going to be a lawyer so that when I'm at graduation, people will say to me, what are you going to do? And I'm going to say, I'm going to be a lawyer. And people will go, oh, that's great. What is it really that, what is it really that will drive your happiness? Because yeah. I think when I look back at my life, because I had a very supportive husband, I was a, I was pretty free and, but still 
battle that idea of other people's perceptions of me, my own sense of worth, did I do enough? And I would would always sort of keep working on that. Um, Eckhart Tolle's book was really helpful to me. There were lots of things that were really helpful to me to keep me thinking about joy, happiness, not outward approval, not it's, not the idea of what people think of me. Yeah, it's so true. And I think even going further than that, Marjorie, is if you say, I want to be the CEO of a company, why? And then keep asking yeah. yourself why. Yeah. I got that advice from a life coach. Her name is Barb That's Churchill. Great. She's so great. She, she has said that about weight loss even. That asking yourself why for any goal that you have, ask yourself why five times. So, okay, so say... If it's CEO of a company, why do you want to be the CEO of a company? Well, I want to be, I want to, I want to run the show. I want to be the leadership, you know? Okay. Right. Why do you want to have leadership? Because I want to feel autonomy that I can accomplish what I want, you know, whatever. And then right, you just right. keep asking yourself that and that you really can't get to the core of why you want to do something until you ask yourself five times and then you can get to what is really motivating you and driving you. That. And if at any point it's so that, why do you want to be a lawyer? Well, because my parents are lawyyers, and they right. think that I should be a lawyer. I mean that's it's gonna be Wrong. a pretty telltale, <laughs> yeah. but you know, I also think even just within this post, what was so inspiring to me was that idea of what if you redefined what success looks and feels like to you? Absolutely. What if you decided enough is enough, and what if you felt satisfied in the right here? the right now. If you felt satisfied with what you had right now and then everything else was just a bonus, that is such a freeing way to live too. Constantly living and searching for the next thing is the surest way to have a miserable life. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. And it's one of the things, I mean, a long time ago when when Oprah started the idea of the gratitude journal. Mm-hmm. And I, careful, don't, I mean. I know, you're treading on, on really thin ice. Thin ice. You better thin be ice. careful with me and gratitude. <laughs> I don't like forced gratitude. <laughs> but this is part of that, of, of of having a sense of, and it's so funny that, that that became such a thing when she started, I can't remember the, the author of the book that she loved, which sort of started her on this idea of a gratitude journal. But it is that idea that if you can appreciate the moment that you are in, the things that you have, number one, it stops the spinning in your head. Mm-hmm. And two, just on a very basic level, it makes you a lovelier person to be around. And three, if you have children, why wouldn't you mo- want to model abundance over lack? Yeah. You know, I, I just think, and so just at, at the core, I think that's really important. And and before you read the article, I said that one of my sort of life-changing moments, and I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I will never forget it. I mean, I've forgotten a lot already, but this moment I will never forget. I was on the train going downtown to work when I worked at the Oprah Winfrey Show, and I was freelance. So I already had sort of changed my life so that I had more control of my own schedule, but we were on deadline and it was some project that was very stressful and I was sort of stressing out about something I had to write and it just hit me in a moment. I had whirled out of my house, left my two adorable babies there, kiss goodbye, kiss goodbye, out the door. And I thought for a moment, as a producer, I'm also producing them. Yeah. Why wasn't I fretting so much about their day in that moment? Not in an anxiety-ridden way, but why wasn't I thinking about that? as much as I was thinking about this other thing. Mm -hmm. 
And that, for me, was that moment of looking at what brings me joy. And work always brought me joy, but I wasn't giving due to the motherhood piece, which I also very much loved being. Right. And that that had, in that moment, that had equal weight for me. And I'm such a worker bee by nature that work was outweighing the other, work in my mind was outweighing the other. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I was thinking yeah. more about that than I was thinking about. And so it was really pivotal for me to put those on equal footing as a producer. And that's how I, the language I have to use for myself is there, and of course they're not equal. The children are more important, but you know what I mean in terms of the balance yeah, of but your you own let self, your mind go. Yeah. And your own fulfillment is important. And so if yeah. work is where you find, you know, a lot of your own fulfillment and joy, that's still very important. So, so it is, you have to just, you're constantly weighing those things against the other other. in terms of what's working. And, and, and then the other thing that's so important, I think that we miss so much in motherhood and that is to understand that everything is a season. So if you decide to do something for a few years, I have to even remind myself of that constantly now that I have to go, it's not always going to be this hard. Like every year it goes by, I mean, it's hard in a different way, but it's not going to be like, oh, I have to be, I mean, like right now I'm nursing a baby. And so I'm thinking I have to pump and then I have to provide milk for him. There are days when I will be able to just send him and then he can just have food. (laughs) A totally different thing. I mean, yeah, that those, those shifts will happen that everything is a season. You know, I think for my generation in particular, and I think this Jamie Varon is probably around my age. I don't know. Yeah. She's probably 10 years younger. And I just think everyone is around my age because that's where I'm stuck. But um <laughs> I, we were really, I think as girls in particular, I, I don't know, I guess I only relate it to girls because that's, that's me. But success was important and independence was important. It was very much valued in my family when we were being raised. And it was with most of my friends too. You know, I had, I, even my friends who had, I think most of us had moms who worked or worked part-time, but it was that you, you need to grow up to be independent and to take care of yourself. There were no like Mrs. Degrees happening with my friends from high school or from college. It was no. And I I think that's true of my generation. Yeah. You're taking care of yourself and that's important. So success was something that was being successful was important. And I, I mean, I went to the university of Wisconsin. I was like the dumb one of my friends. I mean, my friends from high school went to like, they went to Stanford and they went to Princeton and they, you know, they went everywhere. And so that success drive was important. Now I think we're at this point where people are so obsessed with raising their kids to be kind. Like it's success was important for us. Now I think it's kindness, like whatever I want. I just want my child to grow up kind. Listen, I want my kids to grow up kind too. I'm, I agree with you, but I think we need to go one step further than that. And this is where I go back to Jamie Varon's post. I want my kids to grow up to know that they are enough, that they are enough no matter what and no matter where they're going in life or what they're doing. Because I truly believe that the key to being confident and the key to being kind is having that or being successful and being kind is having internal confidence. If you can, um, if you can listen to these words of Jamie Varon and take that with you throughout the day, boy, I think it's going to make you better in any realm. How much more beautiful would this moment right here become for you? 
Well, I always love every moment I'm talking to you, so that's easy. I do, too. These are great moments. This is good stuff. I love this. She's a great follow on Instagram. I'm going to subscribe to her Friday letters. Maybe we can get her on the podcast sometime. Oh, that'd be great. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. I'll see what I can do. I have no strings to pull, but I'll see if I can find some. Just wave at the air. Wave at the air. All right. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review at Apple Podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best of the Nest or go to bestofthenest.com to subscribe to our newsletter. We are the podcast that brings you home. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.